Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up. Well, welcome to Looking Up for another afternoon here with uh, my good friends, Shell, directing traffic as always and doing a fantastic job. And my good friend, Sharissa and myself, Danny, we are here with you on this beautiful Wednesday, cloudy, but deliciously beautiful day, even so. Don't you reckon, Sharissa? Uh, absolutely. It's still every a good day. Every day is a good day. Oh, every day. We need to rejoice in the Lord always, it says. Always. And so wherever you are, hope and pray that your day is going well and that your week has gone well thus far. And um, we're here to encourage you. So if your week has gone really well, we'll pray that it will go to a new level after this program. And if it hasn't gone so well, we pray that you will be greatly encouraged and that you will be blessed and that you're your looking up experience will intensify over these next couple of hours because that's what we're all all about. We're here to look up because Jesus said when we see all these things going on around us, which we do, this the, the, the craziness of our world, look up because our redemption is drawing near. So if you're joining us for the very first time, a big warm welcome. If you're a regular listener, we're glad to have you on board this afternoon once again. If you'd like to interact with us, if you'd like to ask a question or you have a comment, feel free to do that. We'd love to hear from you. We've had the opportunity to hear from a, from several folk in the past, um, including our good friend Freco. He's uh, a regular listener. Freco, if you're out there, um, great to have you. So here are the numbers. If you would like to connect with us, 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. Or the 1800 number, which is 1800-324-843. So text us or call us, and we'd love to hear from you. Well, Sharissa, this week um, has zipped along pretty quickly. There's a lot of things that um, have been taking place and are taking place, which we're going to be talking about. That's right. We're going to be talking about in a little bit. <laughs> and um, so don't go away. Today we're going to continue the journey in the book of Revelation. We've been going through the seven churches. And what church are we up to, Sharissa? We are up to the fourth church, the Church of Thyatira. Mm-hmm. It's also known as the Middle Church. The Middle Church. So we're in the middle of our journey of these seven churches. So if you've missed any of those um, messages, feel free to go to the Faith FM website um, or you can download the uh, download the app, which is even better and even simpler, and um, and just go to just go to the podcast section, find looking up, and we are there, and you'll be able to catch up on those previous presentations. So in the meantime, we're going to be back with you with current events and taking a look at what's making um, headlines as far as from a prophetic point of view in a little bit. But sit back and listen to Seller, Hope of the Broken World. What a great song to kick us off. Thank you, Shell. Beginning into the darkness, the spirit's moving upon the waters. You spoke the words, let there be light. Out of the chaos came the promise, the universe rose and applauded when you commanded the newborn sun to rise. You are the day spring. You are the morning star Creation splendor speaks of who you are You are salvation 
You are the joy of the earth. Restoration comes, hope of the broken world. Into my weakness, into my darkness, your spirit's moving upon my heart, and you speak the words. Let there be light Into my chaos comes your promise The new is rising, the old is passed on You are reviving and making all things right You are the day spring You are the morning star Creation splendor speaks of who you are. You are salvation. You are the joy of the earth. Restoration comes, hope of the broken world. Arise, shine, the glory of the Lord is risen. Welcome back. Great to have you on board as we kick off our Faith FM Looking Up program by taking a closer look at how close we are indeed to that cloud that will appear in the east, small at first, but will grow and grow and grow until we see the magnificence of all the heavenly angels and Jesus Christ at the center coming to take his precious people home. That's what it's all about. So we want to take a look at how close we are to the appearance of Jesus as we continue to look up. So, Sharissa, I'm going to hand over to you. You've been sharing with me some pretty amazing things in the last little bit because you are just so on on the ball. Sharissa <laughs> is on so the ball. <laughs> well, that's because I'm not. <laughs> now, Sharissa is really on the ball. She, well. she often sends me things um, <laughs> because I'm not on social media. I don't have the time, but probably more to the point, I don't know how to use it. Um, oh, so... <laughs> no, no, no. 
Well, look, there's just so mm. much um, happening, and yeah. it's like, where do you start? But we've been talking a lot about the significance of the COP26 climate change summit uh, coming have. in that's less, coming up less than a month now. Well, uh, it's, which in, is, it's in, in a few weeks' time. I think right. it starts at the end of October. Yeah, that's right. And so, um, yeah, in terms of climate change, you made a prediction. Do you I want to did. remind our I uh, did. Listeners? Okay. All right, folks. Danny's I'm, a prophet now. Uh, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a prophet or a got son the of gift a prophet. Of prophecy, but no, I don't. He's I made don't. a good prediction. <laughs> I, I, based on Revelation chapter 17, um, there in um, Revelation 17, if we want to just take a look at that, and that might be a good introduction. If you want to read verses 12 to 14, please, Sharissa. Sure. The Bible says the ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive all authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind and they will give their power and authority to the beast and these will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them for he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. Okay we won't have time to get into all this we will one day but here in Revelation 17 we have a description of a new world order. And we have a description of all the kings of the earth. This is speaking of all the political leaders of the earth giving their power, giving their authority, giving their leadership mantle, if I could use that language, over to the beast. Now, the beast here is the, is the, is the Roman um, religio-political system. You know, the Roman Church's religio-political system. And we know that Pope Francis has been leading the charge when it comes to climate change. So based on that, I made a prediction that as we near COP26, in the, in the days leading up to COP26, our own Prime Minister here in Australia, Scott Morrison, um, along with his party, and he has to work together with the nationals, and the nationals are all about, you know, ensuring that the jobs are maintained, especially in the mining sector, and uh, because it's a rural party, you know. Um, and so the Libs and the Nationals are in the bed together. They're a coalition. And I made a prediction that there'd be so much pressure on our Prime Minister from, from President Biden, from other world leaders, that he would eventually have to get his house in order when it comes to climate change and he would get on the same bandwagon and he would right. and he would he would share he would share that the Australian government will have a zero emissions target mm. that they will sign up to by 2050, because up until this point, Scott Morrison has, say, it has he hasn't been saying we're not going to, but he's saying we want to reach net zero as soon as possible. But that's mm-hmm. not good enough, um, according to the world leaders. They're saying yeah. no, you've got to, you've got to sign up and say we will, not as soon as possible. 2060, 27, whenever, but you've got to make a firm commitment. And so that's been all over the news this last week. Yes, and one of the people who joined in that mm-hmm. uh, encouragement or <laughs> slightly pressurising of the Prime Minister was Prince Charles. Yes. And the Prince of Wales, he said in a clip, and it's gone all over, I'm sure some of you have seen it, um, he was saying that he's worried when that leaders will just talk when it comes to Glasgow, adding that the key to get action on the ground and to unlock trillions of dollars in the the private sector investment, he says they need to act now or 
And I quote, he says it'll be catastrophic Yikes! if they don't. Well, so that's continuing that urgency, mm-hmm, urgency mm-hmm, and that kind mm-hmm. of rhetoric that we've been hearing from faith leaders, um, yeah. the Pope. Oh, yes, we talked was, about that last yeah, week. Yeah, we talked about that last week. I mean, and, an unprecedented event. And the United Nations General Secretary. Yeah. Is that sec- yeah, yeah the right. General Secretary, yeah, he pointed out it's a code red. I mean, they're using the same language. They're, they're all using catastrophic language. They're saying this is our... This is our last best chance. Yes. They're saying we are at the last station where we can actually do something to avert an existential crisis. That's right. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, Prince Charles, I think I heard him say, you know, something about, you know, this is kind of like the, the last saloon or something like that. He used the term. Did you, you remember? He used, he used the word saloon. I can't remember um, exactly how he put it, um, but when he was um, – told that, you know, that our Prime Minister was not necessarily going to attend because he doesn't want to spend more time in quarantine. He's over-quarantining um, and and so forth. And he was like, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, and guess what? The next day we heard, oh, yeah, the Prime Minister is seriously considering now. Wow. Uh, oh, so incredible. Now, look, this is, you know, this isn't so much about Scott Morrison, Sharissa. No, no, no. You know, our Prime Minister, you know, with all due respect. This is about... Uh, a political religious system that will have um, the authority given to it. Worldwide know, support. Worldwide support that everyone comes on board. It says they're of one mind. Mm-hmm. And it says that they that they rule together for one hour. This is in Revelation This is in 17. Revelation 17 that we just read. In Revelation, at the end of Revelation 17, um, in verse 17, it also says they're of one mind. Um, they have one purpose. Then in Revelation 18, it uses that same language of one hour, one hour, one hour, three times in Revelation 18. So that's speaking of this new world order coming together economically, uh, politically, and religiously, socially, and now climate. So it's all coming together. So we are literally, Sharissa, living through and watching Bible prophecy unfold before our very eyes. So exciting. What a, what an amazing time in history and, and it's so important. Again, we just can't stress this enough for our, all of us to be looking mm. to Jesus, to be looking up, to be, to be saturating our hearts and minds with God's promises and the goodness yeah. of God because Absolutely. there's nothing really to really get excited about. No, there is, do, do, do you want me to share with you another please, beautiful? Please, please. From verse 14, Revelation yes. 17, 14, it says there, you know, these will make war with the Lamb and the Lamb will overcome them. That's right. So who wins? Jesus. Jesus Christ wins. Now, there's that word there, chosen, you yes. know, um, and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. That same word chosen, guess what? It's exactly the same Greek word in Matthew 24 where it speaks of the elect. Really? Yeah, it's the same word. That's a good one. I'm glad you shared that. So, That's rich. So you connect... The chosen here yep. with the elect in Matthew 24, they are the saved. And one group, when Jesus comes, they're the elect, and the other group are the ones that mourn. Mm-hmm. And that's in Matthew 24, I think 30 and 31, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. So, um, yeah, so wow. looking up, looking up, holding on to Jesus, he gains the victory. He has already gained the victory on Calvary. Yes. 
And by connecting with the Lamb, we also gain that victory. Amen. You know what else I notice, and then uh, whatever else you have. Oh, you share some other things with me. (laughs) In terms of prophecy and just keeping our eyes open to what's happening around us, you know, Revelation 13 really highlights rather strongly that, you know, at the end of time, the final conflict in this world will be over worship, but mm. there's going to be a lot of force involved. There will be. And it's very interesting to see uh, how, you know, different countries are trying to deal with COVID and the the way they're changing their tone um, to try and uh, get things done. It's it's setting the way up very much so for, you know, the future prophetic developments, which the Bible already talks about. I just was sharing with you before, in South Korea, COVID patients uh, face 10 days of mandatory hotel quarantine um, in South Korea. And the ABC has an article on it, ABC News, and it says, is this the future for Australians? Mm-hmm. So if you get COVID in South Korea, you have to mandatorily go to a hotel they have designated. The government feeds you, gives you free internet and whatever. But it's just interesting, you know. Uh, and also on that note, um, and oh, this one's I still want to study a little bit more into this. This happened, I think, today, October 13, up in the Northern Territory. It'll be all over the news, I guess, tonight. But it says Northern Territory announces mandatory vaccines for workers and $5,000 fines for those who do not comply. Mm. This is one of the strictest vaccine mandates in the world with certain people yeah, facing these huge fines. So basically, and I'm just reading, wow. I'm reading the this article. This in Australia. News.com.au. This wow. is Australia. Right. It's got Today. to be legit. It's got to be legit. It's from news.com. It's from news.com, yeah. <laughs> uh, dot .au. It says, essential workers in the Northern Territory will be subject to one of the strictest COVID-19 vaccination mandates in the world to begin in just a month. The Chief Minister says employees who interacted with the public need to get at least one COVID-19 jab by November 13, or they won't, they wouldn't be allowed back to work and faced a $5,000 fine. If they... Decided to go back to work, obviously. You think so? Well, no, what I'm saying is, um, yeah, if they decide not to go back to work, if they decide not to get the jab, then yeah, they're, yeah. I guess they're, they're terminated. Yeah. Um, but if they decide to still continue working, like there was uh, an interesting sign that was put up because obviously now here in New South Wales since Monday and Freedom Day, um, you know, we've got two, two groups of people in our state. For the first time, for the first time in our history, mm-hmm. we now have two distinct groups. Um, one group is allowed to do whole bunch of things and another group is still in lockdown um, essentially speaking and so I find it interesting that um, you know there are some businesses that are obviously very much opposed to this and um, one business I heard I think it was uh, in in a country area I can't exactly remember the but it had a massive like just you know on on a big sort of sheet of um, material big sheet of material had these words you know uh, this pub is for the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, for everyone, Wow! for everyone. And the pub owner, he, he wasn't even vaccinated himself. And so the authorities came in there and they slapped <laughs> him with a $1,000 fine yeah. um, and said, buddy, you know, sorry. Um, and so that's, that's really, really fascinating. There was another, another business in Sydney, I think it was, um, and they had a sign up um, that only the unvaccinated are welcome. <laughs> I saw that. Did you see that? Only the unvaccinated <laughs> yeah. were welcome, and people were scratching their heads, thinking, "Hang on a minute, I'm vaccinated. I should be allowed in." And then no, I, sorry. So this guy's trying to make a point. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's trying to make a point. Probably not going about it the right way. But um, look, I think Sharissa, this is a time, like from a Christian perspective. Um, you know, I'm a minister. You're also um, 
uh, a minister of the gospel and are seeking to encourage people in the in the ways of the Lord. As ministers of the gospel, as those who encourage people in the ways of the Lord, I've been sharing with people John 13, verses 34 and 35, where Jesus says, And by this all will know that you yes. are my disciples, um, by the love that you have for one another. I love that. You know, and so, you know, we've, we've quoted this text, we've yes. preached on it. I have certainly many a time, but now is the time to live out that text. That's right. So those of us who claim to be Christians, now is the time for us to love one another um, unconditionally, regardless of what our health choices may entail and be, and we are to love and support and encourage one another. And I preached a sermon on this on Sabbath. Um, it kind of went a bit viral. Over a 1,000 people have viewed it thus far in the last three or four days. I called it Freedom Day. And the main point that I made was, um, you know, if there ever was a time when we needed to put the words of Jesus into practice from John 17, that they may be one, Father, as we are one. You know, Acts chapter 2, they're of one accord, of one mind, of one heart. Mm-hmm. In Revelation 17, they're going to be of one accord and one mind, but for right. the wrong purpose. God wants us for the right purpose Amen. to be of one accord. So anyway, that's the end of my sermon. That's the end of my sermon. But one. now's the time for us to put those words into practice. Absolutely. All right, we've only got a few seconds left, folk. Um, yeah, we've filled you in on a couple of couple of interesting things from a prophetic point of view. There's so much else going on. We'll share more next week, I'm sure. But in the meantime, sit back, listen to some news, listen to, to some music, and we'll be with you in just a little bit. So don't go away. I have done what is just and right in your sight. Oh
Hey there, dudes and dudettes. This is Robbie. And I'm Tash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday hour to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll, we'll see you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Well, here we are again. We are continuing on this exciting journey on looking up on this Wednesday afternoon. Charissa, praise the Lord. We don't need to worry about going to the moon. Yeah, that's good. That, that's true. That's looking up. We, we can even look further than that. We can go beyond the moon. And we don't need to worry about collecting, what they say, lunar? Lunar soil. Lunar soil, yeah. yeah. Sounds a bit loony to me. But anyway... <laughs> Anyway, I'm looking forward to the heavenly courts above and um, you can collect all the soil you want from the moon. I will stick to the streets of gold. (laughs) All right. Words of hope. How does that sound? Words of hope. That is our gift for today. So it's a great book, Words of Hope, from the inspired author Ellen White who wrote in the in the 19th and the early 20th century, um, powerful, powerful author, just so, so convicting of, of, of truth and enabling us to draw closer to Jesus in our relationship with him. So we've got Words of Hope. Um, it's a great book. And today, for, the, for three callers, we're going to give the details a little later, three callers mm-hmm. will have the opportunity to take this. Um, as a gift. So there will be a code word. There will be a code word. Once again, as always, there will be a code word. So you need to be listening in. And that code word, we're going to be, we're going to be sending that through to you probably in the third segment, second or third second, segment. Maybe second, yeah. Probably the second segment, yeah. So this is our first of four segments in this Bible study. And so we'll be sharing that with you. Words of hope. So don't go away. This is a book you want to get. This is a, an inspirational book. Anything that you read from Ellen White is inspirational, encouraging, practical, and will help you to keep looking up and prepare for that great day. Amen. Amen. All right, we've got a couple of programs um, that we want to advertise and we want to promote and share with you that will help you on your journey to keep looking up. That's right. So, Sharissa, why don't you kick us off? So, the End Up Digital, we've talked a little bit about this uh, ministry website on this program before, but the End Up Digital has a new series that's Mm. coming out just around Halloween, actually just before it starts, October 18, runs through to October 29, and it starts next Monday night at 8 p.m. Wow. And if people want to tune in, uh, it's all about, is death the end? And uh, there's lots of questions that death brings to people's minds, and we're going to unpack in very short and punchy presentations. Like really short. Like, you have to see it, folks. It's so I would never be invited. I would never be invited to be a speaker on this program. It would be the end for the end. 
because <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I, I, I can't but, do uh, like yeah. twelve minute presentations, basically. Well, twelve to fifteen, maybe. Twelve to but, fifteen. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we've got you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays are going to be live Q and A sessions. Oh, that is that's the best part of yeah. it. Yeah, and people will want to tune in because there's also a testimony going to be shared by a lady who was a former clairvoyant. <sighs> And wow. uh, you do not want to miss that. And we're not going to tell them what day. We're not going to tell them what day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that's I'm, something not to miss. I'm not sure, but maybe Faith FM is taking the presentations live at 8 p.m. We don't know, but whatever They happens, generally have done that in the past. Yeah. They have generally done that in the past. So Shell will make sure it happens because so, her, her husband is a main contributor yeah. to the end. So <laughs> That's true. And so the website, if you're interested, mm-hmm. you can register, get notified of when we go live. It's www.theend.digital. The end dot digital. So did you get that, folk? And it starts this coming Monday and it goes for two weeks straight, Monday to Friday. Correct. Fantastic. So anyway, that's that's something to really look forward to. Well, you've got something we can I do. I do. I do. I've been promoting this over the last couple of weeks. I started last week with a three-part second coming series entitled Discover Hope, subtitle Finding Peace in Uncertain Times. So that's a three-part series and we had Q&A. And so I have just commenced, um, beginning last night, a uh, 10-part series on the, the heart of revelation. I'm calling it Revelation of Hope. Ooh, I love that. God's final message of love to the world is the subtitle. And so we're looking at the three angels' messages, God's final message of love to the world. And I'm unpacking it a little at a time, not in 12-minute bits because I just can't <laughs> do that. It will be the end for me. If I ever manage to do that, I'll have a heart attack. It will be a few 12 minutes all together. Exactly. <laughs> it will be. So you can look at it that way. So basically it's a presentation. Um, followed by Q&A via Zoom. So we had it kind of um, in a different format last cool. week, but it's um, yeah, Q&A via Zoom. And if you would like to join in, if you'd like to register and be part of this series, you can watch it online. And Well, you don't need to be part of the Q&A if you don't want to on Zoom. That's that's your, your choice if you want to join in. Um, but if you would like to simply watch the, the messages, you need to go to www discover hope all one word dot info mm. so it's www.discoverhope.info and all the information's there at, it's tuesday nights at 7:30 australian eastern standard time um, for 10 weeks so 10 Wonderful. tuesday nights and it ends on december 14 so we just started last night and um, and yeah so all the previous episodes are there on that website great well, that's exciting. It is exciting. It is exciting. So, um, Sharissa, uh, we want to now continue on with uh, this study in the seven churches. We've been blessed thus far. We've looked at three churches. That's right. And um, we are now looking at that central church, as you pointed it out, the central church, which has the, the largest section um, of information by Christ devoted to this church. That's right. I think I read somewhere, you know, well, there, there are 13, I think 13 verses or 12 verses, 13 verses, yep. 13 verses, and the other six churches on average have about six and a half verses per church. Mm-hmm. So this one has double it's the, the longest, amount. It's the longest love letter from Jesus. It is, the longest love letter. And so we're going to unpack that as we go along. So I don't want to waste um, any more of your good time because you are leading out once again. And so... I'm going to 
pray, and then I'm going to hand over to you. All right. <coughs> Loving Father in heaven, we're about to open up your word, and we pray that your Holy Spirit will lead and guide us. And as uh, Sharissa leads our Bible study this afternoon, we pray that you'll give her wisdom from on high, um, enable her to have clear thoughts and to be in tune with the heavenly courts above so that the words that she shares and that I share, that we both share, will be from you and will be uplifting and encouraging and ultimately lead people closer to Jesus. For this is our prayer, Father, in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Danny, for the introduction, because I guess we could just quickly recap for the listeners where we've been. In Revelation chapter 1, John saw Jesus first, and he saw him in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, which we came to realize is a picture of how Jesus is close to his church, how he loves his church. And then in chapter 2, we began seven letters to the seven churches, which is what this series is all about. First church we looked at was the church of... And Eph- I can't, yeah, Ephesus. Ephesus. I was going to say, can anyone guess? I uh, can't hear them. <laughs> it's just you. <laughs> I was being the audience. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so the Church of Ephesus, which we re- recall um, was talking about, you know, the apostolic church as far as a historical application, um, talked about the apostolic church right down to about 100 AD, and then began the Church of Smyrna, that time period, which Smyrna, the letter to the Church of mm. Smyrna addresses, a time time of difficulty, a time Mm. of persecution. Persecution. Um, We even saw there were 10 years of intense Mm. persecution Mm. under Diocletian. Um, But in each of these time periods, in each of these letters, we see that Jesus presents himself as the answer. He presents himself as the strength and solution for his church in every era of, of history. Then we went last week to Pergamos. That was very interesting. We saw that since Satan couldn't destroy the church through persecution, he joined the church church and tried to white ant it out through compromise. Mm. And this is where we come to today, Thyatira. It's the fourth church. It's the middle church of these churches. But compromise always leads to corruption. And this is mm. the corrupt church. Yes. So maybe, Pastor Danny, would you like to read from a, for us the letter to the church? Sure. Should we go from top to bottom or do you want to read a few verses? And uh, I'm happy it? to go from top to bottom. Bottom. Okay, it's I up think. to you. All right, I'll just to get so we get the full. Impact. So we get the full impact, the full yeah. the full context. All right, here we go. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write these things: says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death, And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. And I will give to each one of you according to your works. Verse 24. Now to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden. 
but hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels, as I also have received from my father. And I will give him the morning star. And the final verse, verse 29, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Wow, so that's the letter. That's the letter. It's pretty full on. <laughs> and there's a lot in there to unpack. There is a lot in there. We might need like four weeks. <laughs> we might. <laughs> no. But uh, maybe we can just go back, start with verse 18. Uh, very first thing we need to note is uh, Thyatira. What does the name Thyatira mean? The name I understand. Um, I found it, several different meanings, but. I understand it has, um, has, has connotations to the, to the color purple. Yeah, okay. Is that what you found? I found that it has connotations to perfume of sacrifice or oh. to uh, sweet savor of labor. Okay. Or which, but yeah, it purple is important to this. I think we're or, coming or, to purple. Or purple is is part of yes. part of a, a, a prominent industry which yes. has which has spiritual connotations. Yes. Okay. All right. So that's the name of it, and mm-hmm, it's actually mm-hmm. very. Have you been there? Pasadena? Yes, I have been. Um, back in 2010, had the opportunity of going to uh, Thyatira, which is in modern-day Turkey. So that's Asia Minor. Back back in the day, 2,000 years ago. Today, it's modern-day Turkey. And I can't remember what we saw there. There might have just been ruins, a few ruins. Yep. Um, but yeah, so it's it's it is still there. Okay, there is something still there. So there was a church. There was a church. There <laughs> okay. was a church. Well, it was a, it was a thriving center. Yeah, um, a thriving city. Okay, and so they did have a Christian church there. And it's uh, it's not far from Pergamos, but it's no. not quite as same as Pergamos. Pergamos was like a. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was like a capital. And then Ephesus is like a port city. Yeah. Smyrna was a commercial center. Mm. Um, but but Thyatira was kind of just sitting there on the plane. Mm. And it had different roles I, from what I can tell. At one point, um, Pliny actually dismissed Thyatira, calling it one of those unimportant communities. Oh. <laughs> It just sort of sat on the plane. (laughs) And uh, at one point it was a military outpost that was between, you know, Pergamos and oncoming attackers. So they would often attack Thyatira so they could get to Pergamos. Wow. So they'd destroy the city and then Thyatira would be rebuilt. Uh, But it eventually did become, you know, more of a commercial place. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where it became famous for one thing, and that is trade guilds or trade unions. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the name means sweet savor of labor. Some have said that. Others say, um, you know, it's perfume of sacrifice. Both of these definitions actually are very um, significant. Well, I'm impressed you've done some serious homework there, Sharissa. <laughs> well, it helps that <laughs> other people do homework and I read it. <laughs> Just as well, someone did some serious homework on the history of the Hytara. <laughs> Fantastic. So, yeah, they had trade guilds or trade unions. There was a guild for pottery, a guild for wool, brass, and this is where what you mentioned, purple dyeing. Mm. And scarlet, I understand. Scarlet, is that so? Purple I didn't and know scarlet, that. yeah. So. Well, that's interesting. And, um, you know, what else is interesting? That the name Thyatira is actually mentioned twice in the Bible. Mm. Once here in Revelation and elsewhere in the book of Acts. We'll come mm. back to that after the break. We shall, we shall indeed. So that's, that's our introduction. This is going to be a fascinating study. I can see it already. So sit back, folk, and listen to oh, one of my favorite Christian music artist Stephen Curtis Chapman, Feet of Jesus. May we all find ourselves there. Sit back and enjoy. 
At the feet of Jesus I will lay my burdens down I will lay my heavy burdens down In the stillness I can hear my Savior calling out Come to me and lay your burdens down So I will lay down my struggles And I will lay down my shame And all the fear I drag around through this life Like a ball and chain And I will sing hallelujah To the one who sets me free You will find me at the feet of Jesus. You will find me at the feet of Jesus. In the arms of Jesus, I will find my peace and rest. I hear Him calling, come to me and Carried by my shepherd, cradled tightly to his chest. There and there alone, my soul finds rest. So I will rest in the shelter of my Savior's embrace, hidden safely in the refuge of his mercy and his grace. And I will sing hallelujah to the one who sets me free. And you will find me in the arms of Jesus. great song you will find me at the feet of jesus um you know what one of my favorite um personalities in the new testament is mary magdalene Mm. and uh the reason is uh she more often than not in fact uh, almost each time we come across her in the gospels she's at the feet of jesus Mm. she's either washing his feet 
Um, she's sitting at his feet while Martha's running around busy, you know, doing this, that, and the other. She's she's at his feet um, there when he appears to her. You know, the she's the first eyewitness mm-hmm. to the resurrected Christ. Um, just at his feet continually. She's at his feet there when they want to stone her. The woman caught in adultery, we believe that is her. Um, and so on seven occasions, I understand on seven occasions, uh, Mary Magdalene finds herself at the feet of Jesus. And seven's the perfect number. It's the number of completion. Yes. And, um, and the message is we need to continually, Amen. continually find ourselves at the feet of Jesus. Oh, morning absolutely. by morning, evening by evening. Amen. Anyway, it's a little on that. Well, let's um, remind you of this book, Words of Hope. Otherwise, I'll be in big trouble from my mate, Shell. <laughs> Words of Hope, Stories of Everyday Living, uh, written by Alan White. Words of Hope presents the stories Jesus told and draws practical down-to-earth lessons from common scenes, objects, and incidents of life. In this devotional classic, Ellen G. White plums the depths of the best loved teachings of Jesus, offering a deeply spiritual understanding of the parables of Christ as they apply to the life today. Wow, what a book. And so we'll be giving three of these books out. Wow. to We're going we're to say, okay, to the first, the fifth, the fourth, because we're dealing with the fourth church. So the first, the fourth, and the fifth yeah. person that calls in. Oh, this is interesting. So <laughs> first, fourth and fifth. I can only count to five, so we won't go beyond that (laughs) because I'm going to muck it up. Um, And what we're going to do is we're going to give you the code word in the next section. How does that sound? We've given them the first, fourth and fifth. All right. That's about that. That's about all I can handle. And so we'll give the code word um, right. because we need to do a little bit more unpacking to get to the, the code, code word. word. All right. So over to you, Sharice. All right. So before the break, we were just highlighting that the name Thyatira, it's the name of the fourth church in Revelation, appears twice in the Bible, once here in Revelation and the other time is actually in the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Lydia was a, a purple a seller of purple from Thyatira. Mm-hmm. And she was Paul's first convert in Philippi. That's she right. She was actually the first Christian convert in all Europe. That's right. And uh, that's amazing. Her and her family, yeah. Yes. And so it even makes me wonder that was she the one who started the church? Did she mm. go back from Philippi after you know hearing the gospel? Did she go back and help start a church in Thyatira? We don't know. Yeah, but we don't know. And that's found in Acts chapter 16, verses 12 to 14, in case right. you want to read up on that. And I guess um, purple wasn't just, you know, something to take lightly. In the ancient world, purple was very significant, wasn't it? Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I was, um, I don't know if you read anything on this. <laughs> significant but was, and, um, and expensive. Yes. It was extremely expensive because to get one drop of it, you had to get it from, they extracted it from the throat of a sea creature called wow. a Myrix. Yep. But in Thyatira, they found that they could make the same color from the root of the matter tree that was found there. Mm. And so that's how they were able to really get ahead. And so here she was, you know, selling the greatest thing in the world back then, supposedly, but she found in Christ something that the world couldn't give. Sounds like the pearl of great price that Jesus talked about. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so um, with this as our background, we can just now think about the introduction here to Jesus. I want to come back to it later. But he introduces himself in verse 18 as the Son of God. Mm, that's very significant. Yeah, tell me why. What you, why you think it's significant. Well, uh, based on my understanding, this is the only time 
the Son of God title appears in the book of Revelation. Yes. Now it's a it's it's a it's a term that Jesus referred to himself over and over again in the Gospels. You know, Son yeah. of Man, Son of God. You know, the, these are the two terms that Jesus predominantly referred to. And here, it only uh, in the book of Revelation, this is the only place, and this is speaking of the deity of Jesus Christ. So yes. It's, so it's like the deity of Jesus Christ is is under attack. Yes. In this church. And so we know from church history that during this period that today we describe as the Dark Ages, sadly, the Christian church of the day took on board the prerogatives that belong to the Son of God alone. So Jesus is saying, I am the Son of God, not one who puts their who puts themselves in the place of God, Amen. saying that he is God. And that's yes. from Second Thessalonians. Oh, that's powerful. And not only that, but like they would have had many gods mm. in Thyatira, and Jesus says he is the Son yes. of God. These things, are, these other gods, they're just wood and stone, Indeed. but he is the true God. Indeed. And uh, he has eyes like a flame of fire, feet like fine brass. I was thinking about the eyes. His eyes do not look at us. But they, they don't look through us. They look into our hearts. Mm. Like God sees us for who we really are. And uh, his feet like fine brass. I want to come back to it. But, you know, his feet like fine brass have been in furnaces of affliction. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we have to take strong stands. Um, we have to step out of things sometimes. And the feet of Jesus here remind us that when we look to Christ, when we keep our eyes on Jesus, then he can strengthen us to mm. take strong, firm steps Amen. for Amen. him. Amen. Verse 19. Um, do you want to remind us what that sure, one says? Sure, it says, I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Huh. That's fascinating. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So tell us a little bit about that. Well, this is a very busy church. <laughs> and it's the only church, it appears, of the seven that is improving. But an active church isn't always a faithful church, as we're about to Mm. see. And I I just need to highlight this because, you know, whatever we do, everything that we do for Jesus, he notices. Mm. He knows everything about his church. There's not anything that escapes his notice. At least that's what he tells us right here. Amen. Okay, now we come to verse 20. Do you want me to read that? Sure. Nevertheless... I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. Ha. Now just that just got a whole lot deeper. Oh boy, now now it's added added some real spice to the story yeah. because Jezebel, I oh. mean, you don't want to be called a Jezebel. No, you don't. Mind you don't you, want to name your child Jezebel. Mind you, I like names that score well on a Scrabble board. <laughs> And this is a good one. This would it's got a be a J good. and a Z. Oh wow! So there you go. So this is good, good Scrabble, Scrabble <laughs> item. But outside that's of that, about <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now we are talking about Jezebel. Now, probably as you were reading that, we need to highlight a few things, and that is the first thing is Jezebel has been dead for what nine hundred years, something like that. Yeah, about nine. Yeah, we're looking at about nine hundred BC when yeah. Jezebel lived in the time of Elijah the prophet. Okay. So it's not literal Jezebel. No. So it must be spiritual. S- spiritual. There's which is which is the case with the language that Revelation borrows from the Old Testament. Yes. They are spiritual applications to real events and real 
individuals in the Old Testament. That's right. Revelation 1 1. He sends and signifies right. this revelation. Same on. Yes. Puts By it signs. in signs. So, okay. So she's a sign. She's a symbol of mm-hmm. something. We need mm-hmm. to unpack what this is. Um, whatever it is, she, Jesus is not happy with the church no. at this time because he says, you allow, that's another mm-hmm. word for tolerate or permit, mm-hmm. that woman, Jezebel. <laughs> that woman. All right. Jezebel, there's a woman wow. here who calls herself a prophetess. A prophetess is someone who speaks on behalf of God. That's so right. she calls herself a spokesperson of God. But she, you allow her to teach, that is, mentally corrupt and seduce, morally corrupt, my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. So what's that all about the sexual immorality? In the, so this is not speaking of in a physical sense. No, it's not. So what's it saying? It's definitely speaking in a very spiritual sense here. And, uh, you know, we can first, I guess, remind our listeners who mm. Jezebel was. Yes. In the time of Jezebel... She was a pagan princess, I guess, who was married to an apostate king of Israel named Ahab. Should never have happened. No. But in a sense, and her dad was the high priest of Baalism. Mm -hmm. And so in their union, in their marriage, we have almost a picture of a church and state union coming together. And her father, um, being the high priest, as you pointed out, put the name of their chief god into her name. It's Jezebel. Jezebel. So Jezebel is has the name of Baal inserted into the name. That's amazing. Her first official act in the Bible was to murder every man of God she could get her hands on. Uh, We read all about this in the book of you know First Kings. She replaced God's prophets with four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal and four hundred prophets of Asherah. And they were all invited to come and eat at her table whenever they wanted. Like, Mm. she was a really wicked uh, queen. And uh, they were probably the most vile, vicious, violent people in all of Israel at the time. She was blatantly against the God of the Bible. And uh, I like to think of her as like being a Lady Macbeth. (laughs) If our listeners are familiar with uh, Shakespeare, that she was just that kind of a character. Bloody Queen Mary of the Scots. That's right. Mm. And uh, it's interesting, you know, Baal, you mentioned her, Mm. has that name in her name. That was the god of fertility, I believe. Mm. And it was also worshipped as the sun god. As the sun god as well, yes. And so this was something, you know, Baalism was something God absolutely hated because it was such it was saturated their worship services were saturated with sick and sexual things it was they um, even offered their children um right. to to the gods you know to to bail though you know the bible says you know causing your children to pass through the fire they were, you know human sacrifice yep. human sadly we've talked about that on the program we are there today you know That's right. so many children are sadly aborted um millions around the world so we practice I believe human sacrifice in a different way, but the principle is the same because life is life, whether it's in the womb or whether it's out of the womb, it's sacred and precious in the eyes of God. Maybe not in the eyes of our governments and law institutions, but certainly in the eyes of God. So, yeah, we've got to be mindful of that. And certainly the God of the Bible never asked for child sacrifice. Never. Never. And um, some people say, what about Genesis 22? With um, Abraham and Isaac, but yeah. that was a test. That was a test. It says at the very beginning, yes. God was testing him. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't going to ask That's him right. to do it. But yeah, in the time of Jezebel in in history, 
And in the time of Ahab, he was, according to the Bible, he did more to provoke the anger of the God of Israel than all the kings who mm. went before him. You know, the smoke of pagan altars was everywhere. The chants of their prayers were all heard all over the place. To follow God in the time of Jezebel was uh, not a popular thing to do. No, it wasn't. But it was still right. And it's amazing that into the scene and the story of Jezebel, you mentioned his name before, Elijah. Elijah. Elijah do you know came. what his name means? Remind me. Yahweh is my God. Amen. So here we have, you know, the God of Baal mm -hmm. versus Yahweh mm -hmm. is my God in Elijah. Elijah going head to head with Jezebel. Wow. You know, this is really powerful. This is the end time this scenario. Is, this is the end time. And actually, Mount Carmel. Yeah. So we've just talked about the, you know, historical mm. Jezebel. But if we think about the spiritual application from the historical period that mm. this church is describing, we're 1,000 years of history from about 538 to That's about right. 1,500. Yep. We're talking about this period of church history during which um, church had to, well, there were decisions that had to be made, mm. and we'll probably come back to them into the next segment. Mm. But in certainly in the time of John's own time when he's writing this, mm -hmm. like the mm -hmm. literal church of Thyatira, We've talked about those trade unions. Mm. Christians had to make a choice. Do they join the trade guild or union and, you know, participate in the pagan services and sacrifices, mm -hmm. which often involve drunkenness and immoral things, or do they be faithful to God and uh, risk being ostracized or isolated or losing their job wow. and everything? Wow. Wow. Big decisions. Yeah. Just like today, people are making big decisions. That's right. When it comes to unions. And, um, yeah. We've got um, a few seconds left, I think. We're leading into a song, into a song, I Stand in Awe, from Scripture in Song. And uh, I'm not going to interrupt this beautiful song, but we've got a couple of, couple of things that we want to bring home when it comes to the unions, uh, because it really does speak to our time. So sit back and enjoy Scripture in Song from I Stand in Awe. Beautiful beyond 
You love that song, don't you, Sharissa? It is a beautiful song. One of my favourites. I stand in awe of you. Wow, beautiful. So, Sharissa, my friend, do you want to continue this journey after I share with our listeners (laughs) what our our giveaway book is? Once again, Words of Hope, Stories of Everyday Living by Ellen G. White, a wonderful book um, that provides practical application that touches the heart. Um, from from the stories of Jesus, in particular the parables of Christ, as they apply to our lives today. So the first, the fourth caller, because we're dealing Sorry. with the fourth church, and the fifth caller. Yeah. And we've got the code word, I think. We do. All right. It's two. It's two. Okay. If you, can you handle it, folks? It's two code words, but they're little. <laughs> they're two little code words, so it's not going to stretch you too much. And they are... Hold fast. So did you get that? Hold fast. Hold fast. So they're the two words. And um, if you could, uh, the first and the fourth and the fifth caller or texter innerer, as Sharissa says. <laughs> did I get that right? Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, they, will, they will go home with this book. We'll be sending it to you, Words of Hope, Stories of Everyday Living. You'll be thoroughly blessed and your spiritual health and life will go to a new level as you read through this book. So anyway, over to you, folk. Get those um, fingers working on your smartphones or on your whatever phones and um, and send us through your, your request right. to receive this book. Amen. And, you know, as we uh, just 
backing up a little bit what we were talking about just before the break, you know, in the time of John, when he was writing to, you know, writing this down, the church, the ancient literal church of Thyatira was in a place where there were trade unions mm. and there was pressure for Christians to participate in the trade unions so that they could have jobs, so they could, you know, uh, be part of society. And if they didn't participate in the trade unions, well, then they would be ostracized. Mm. They would have no income. They would be, you know, it was have to put up with the, the, the um, what do you call it, the, what the people thought mm. of you and just mm. the pressure, mm. which maybe some of our listeners can relate to as mm. we're, we're listening. Um, but this was also a perfect illustration of the church between 538 AD and about 1517, thereabouts mm. uh, AD, you know, this period of church history where, again, um, to do what was right was not popular, mm. so much so that God's church um, went into hiding. Went into the wilderness. And Revelation 12 speaks of the church in the wilderness, that God would prepare a place for the woman, yes. a symbol of the church in the wilderness. And we read that in Revelation chapter 12. Absolutely. And I guess for our listeners and for all of us, you know, thinking about this this choice between do I do what is right, do I follow Jesus, or do I compromise? Mm. You know, how far can I go? Uh, how far can I push the boundaries mm. on what God wants me to do before, you know, I'm, you know. Well, look, we, we, we're faced with that very dilemma today. Um, you know, we have, you know, just a couple of weeks ago now, I guess, you know, Melbourne made headlines for an earthquake, um, and as well as protests and riots. Um, and it was interesting that those um, construction workers, if I remember correctly, they headed to their union offices there in the centre of the city to protest, and um, many of them were very angry at their union bosses wow. of their industry. We're talking about 300,000 workers or so that make up that industry. Um, of construction, and they were angry because they felt that the union had sided with the government um, and were in bed together with the government and it sold out on them. And they were wow. union members. They were paying their union fees, but they felt that their union had sold out on them. And so there was this turmoil within the union movement. And um, Interesting. So it's fascinating that you talk about the unions 2,000 years ago and the unions are playing a part now, and we know that the unions will play a greater and greater part as we draw nearer to the coming of Jesus. Yes. And we're seeing that more and more, especially in the Western world, yes. the unions are playing a bigger part, putting more and more pressure on the government, more and more pressure on its workers in order to do according to a certain sort of mandate that's being set. And oh. we... We have that here as well, like when it comes to like, you know, without getting into the whole COVID vaccination debate, uh, I don't want to get into that right now. But certainly a lot of unions, a lot of unions um, are coming out and they are siding with the government um, regarding uh, the mandate for vaccination for certain industries very much, uh, very much um, to the, you know, to, to the what's the word I'm looking for, you know, to the surprise and um, of, of, of the members mm. who are part of that union who feel that they're being sold out. They feel that their unions need to represent them and their wow. rights and their choice and their free choice to act in harmony with their health wishes. But they feel a union selling out on them because it's siding with the government. So you're saying it's, this this problem isn't as ancient as we think. No, no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a very current. It's as relevant as 2021. Yep. 
Amazing, amazing. Yeah, and that's, it's, it's relevant on that level. And then it's relevant on all the other levels. Like, you know, do I work on the Sabbath? Do mm-hmm. I, do I honor God on the Sabbath? Do I have a social drink just to fit in with my friends? Or do I honor God by looking after my body temple and saying, I won't, you know, put yeah. that in my body? All of these kinds of things, you know, we are given opportunities to make choices. And um, yes. Yeah. What, what I was going to say is, um, it was, it was, you know, the choice was, um, between, between living a normal life or being locked out of a society. Yes. And, I mean, we're, we're all very familiar with, you know, lockdowns and some now are being locked out yeah. while some are able to roam free. And some might um, be locked up. And some <laughs> might be locked up. Yeah, that was my sermon last week from lockdown to locked out to locked up to forever free. Oh, I love it. Uh, that was the subtitle of Freedom Day. But anyway, I was, I was reading somewhere here that um, during the reign of Emperor Justinian, and he, he reigned from about 527 to 565 AD. So this is at the beginning of that period. Sure. Christians had to join the Roman church or suffer persecution and have their land and their homes taken from them and be exiled from the empire. Wow. Shut out of the empire. Mm-hmm. Um, this was mainly in the western part of the Roman Empire for the church in the eastern part of the empire was um, not as affected, and so the persecution was not as severe and heavy there. But, yeah, so that was happening back then. They were not willing to compromise. They were not willing to go along with the established church that was in bed with the government, and so they were exiled, and many of them were exiled far and wide you know, throughout the empire. Imagine that, having to leave your home, having to leave your possessions, having to leave everything, and, you know, Jesus addresses that here as well. I think you've kind of drawn together some of the chords that I was going to try and sort oh, out. So that's there good. you go. I've done it again. No, it's Put good. Put my foot in it. <laughs> in a really good way. Because <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, Bible prophecy tells us that in in Bible prophecy, a woman represents a church. Mm-hmm. Good woman, good church. Mm-hmm. Bad woman, bad church. Mm-hmm. Impure woman, impure church. So the Jezebel here is representative of an impure church because she mm-hmm. herself was not a model picture of a pure church okay no, she wasn't. Uh, but she's a church she represents a church claiming to speak on behalf of god while putting the people of god the true people of god to death at the mm. same time and i was going to ask do we have any church in history that fits the we bill? do we do we sadly have um you know it's a it's a fact of history in fact um pope john paul ii in the year 2000 he apologized it was front page uh, headlines around the world. He apologized for the persecution and the blood that the church, the Roman Catholic Church, shed during, you know, the Dark Ages, during that time of persecution, you know, the Inquisitions that took place, the Spanish Inquisition, you know, there was one in France. There was just, I mean, I've been to these places in Europe. I've yes. been to the Waldensian Valleys. Me too. Where, um, yeah, it's, it's quite a, quite a sobering, um, experience oh. to go there and, and to, and to know that people were, you know, they were murdered and they were thrown off cliffs because they did not want to follow the dictates and the teachings of the church, which were not in harmony with Scripture. Yes. It, you know, it was Jezebel that was leading the charge and they were not willing to to um, to forego their conscience mm. 
to the word of God. They were like Martin Luther, here I stand, you know, on the word of God. It's unsafe to go against your conscience. That's fascinating you talk about the Waldensians because when I was there, I saw the symbol of their church Mm -hmm. and it's seven stars. Yes. And the middle star is the one that's, you know, exaggerated. And they were in the, they lived, the Waldensians were in the time of the middle church. They They were were the middle church of the middle ages. And, uh, so much to say here, but on this on this verse, verse twenty one, Jesus says, "And I gave her Jezebel time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she did not repent." The word "time" in Greek, there's two words. Mm-hmm. One is "chronos" mm-hmm. for you know chronological time, and the other is "kairos," like an opportune moment. Mm. The word here is "chronos," meaning a set period of time. Oh, wow! And we know from prophecy, God gave. To this church, a set period of time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to ancient Israel, the time of literal ancient Jezebel, three and a half years to repent. Um, then to this church during this time, three and a half prophetic years, 1260 mm-hmm. years of time, you know, mm-hmm. were given to this church, um, you know, to repent, but she does not repent mm. of her sexual immorality. Fascinating. Wow. Wow. That is fascinating. Fascinating. And um, thinking too about the story of Ahab, mm-hmm. you know, when um, Jezebel, I don't remember the story of how Ahab wanted Naboth's vineyard. We mm. read about this story. He saw someone's vineyard in First Kings. Well, 21. it was it was just outside his palace, yeah. and he thought this would be a great acquisition, and he offered him a good price. But Naboth was true to the word of God because it says there very clearly, "You are not to sell." You know, the possession of your family. You know, this was this was to remain in the family, That's based right. on you know the the laws of Moses, yes. and so he was not willing to sell out, regardless of what the price was. And this obviously infuriated. King Ahab and Jezebel, you know, heard of it and ensured that, yeah. She he, set him up. She set him up. Had him framed, had him killed. Yeah. Um, and then what's fascinating about this is that. It's exactly what happened during the Dark Ages. Yes. God's people were framed. Killed. Uh, killed in order to be eradicated. That's right. But not only that, it's interesting that Ahab actually repented. We read about yes, it. Yes, And because did. of that, you know, God says, all right, I won't bring this calamity on you in your time. But Jezebel still became a dog's dinner. <laughs> we read about her. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Literally. She's not speaking metaphorically. No, fuck. that was uh, not signs and symbols. <laughs> Except for they didn't need her, her oh, fingers terrible. and her toes. Yeah. My mum told us why. Yeah. Anyway, we won't go there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know in the front. But it's interesting that, you know, God even gives to this church time to repent. Like God will take us, no matter what we've done, where we've been, how bad we've, how far mm. we've gone from him, he actually gives us time to repent. And that's the same with King Manasseh. Yeah. He was one of the worst kings in Judah and he repented and God forgave him. Yeah. Yeah. And God says, you know, I gave this church, yeah. this this spiritual Jezebel, time to repent of her sexual immorality, of her unfaithfulness to me. And she doesn't repent. And that's what sexual immorality is, is when we mix the world with the kingdom of God. That's sexual immorality, according to the book of James. And so it's it's fascinating here, Sharissa, as you rightly point out, that God gives us time to repent. You know, Second Peter 3, 9, you know, for the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, speaking of the same coming, as some, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us all, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All. That's right. That includes Jezebel. That includes Ahab. That includes you. That includes me. That includes every single person listening to this program. That's right. It includes every single person because we are all children of God. He loves us. He wants to save us. Yeah. So God gives us time. And, you know, it's really our choice. 
Yeah. He gives us time. He gives us an opportunity to make a choice. Will we come to him, mm. accept him as our savior, or will we just go in our hard and hard hearts, uh, turn away from him like Jezebel does and, and spiritual Jezebel does? And uh, the, the judgment upon her in verse 23 says, I will kill her children with death. Um, in fact, he even says, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation. Mm. Jesus talked about a time of great tribulation in Matthew 24. Yeah. Um, not only that, it talks about um, you know killing her children with death. And it's kind of like this Jezebel and spiritual Jezebel reminds us so These much. These are spiritual children, obviously. obviously. So we're speaking in spiritual, yes. um, symbolic language here. That's right. And in Revelation 17, there's a woman who kind of has the characteristics. Well, yeah, she she's dressed in purple and scarlet. She is. Um, and she's got the characteristics of this spiritual Jezebel of the Dark Ages. That's right. She's got the blood of the saints in the cup that she's drinking. Yep. Yeah, good point. And she also has daughters. Mm, she does. And Jesus says there's judgment coming on those who follow in her spiritual adultery. That's right. So it's a very serious um, thing to turn our way, hearts away from God and mystery, to compromise. And it says in Revelation 17, verse 1, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. So that's like a paragraph that's written on her forehead. Yep. And so that signifies her character because when something is written on the forehead, it symbolizes character. Yes. Wow, boy, oh boy, folk, I hope you are being blessed. <laughs> Sharissa is really going to town this afternoon and we are digging deep into this into this fourth middle church of the seven and um, pulling out lots of valuable lessons. But we're going to take a pause on that. We're going to come back with our the last part of this um, Bible study in a little bit. But in the meantime, we're going to sit back and listen to the Rochester's bow the knee. May we bow the knee to Jesus Christ and Him alone. Bring before him when I humble. 
seek his face and bow the knee. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. I'm Robbie Bergen, and I'm inviting you to tune into my brand new show right here on Faith FM, The Faith Experiment. Join me as I share with you my personal experiment with faith and how September 11, 2001, helped shape my worldview. I've got great giveaways, so join me on Mondays right after the breakfast show, right here on Faith FM. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Well, here we are in our final stretch on another Looking Up program, which has been packed with amazing insights from the one and only Sharissa Tarosian. No, no, no. I love it, I love from it. From the word. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes and, um, so, yeah, I get a little bit carried away. So, anyway, we just want to uh, congratulate our yes. winners for Words of Hope, Anthony, Christine and Freco. Well, well done, done. Freco. Well done. So you guys are the winners <laughs> of our three books. 
And um, so next week, once again, we'll be having a book. And um, hey, thank you so much, David. We got a, a wonderful word of encouragement from David, who is uh, one of our listeners. And we are just so glad you're tuning in and you're being blessed. And um, yeah, thank you so much for the kind, kind words of encouragement that you shared with mm-hmm. Sharissa and myself and Shell. Uh, we we cannot do this without Shell. That's right. Indeed. It would so, be a very silent show. <laughs> it would be. It would be indeed. And um, we'd go completely off track because I would have I would not have anyone here to sort of keep me on some kind of track. It's true. So anyway, Sharissa, <laughs> over to you, my friend, in this okay. um, as we head down the final stretch. Oh, look, we've been we've been doing a lot in a short space of time, but we're kind of up to verse twenty three. And you know, we talked about how Jesus is sending this love letter to the church in Thyatira, a church that represents, you know, the dark ages, the church of the dark ages, a time mm. when the Bible was chained to libraries and mm. people didn't have it. That's why it was such a dark time. And chained in churches. Chained in churches too. Mm. And during the and it was in the Latin. Yeah. So it wasn't even in it. the common language of the people. And only the educated um, were educated in Latin. Yes. So the average person, barely any of them could even read, but it wasn't even in the language of the people. And during this time, so many things and the so mass, biblical come in. And the Mass was read in the Latin as well. The Mass. Yes. So not only couldn't they. So they, do, they, they get, couldn't they, relate to God. No. So they'd go to church and they had no idea of what was being said by the priest. Amazing. Anyway. And during this time, so many things enter, teachings enter mm. into the Christian church, which aren't even biblical, things like purgatory and, um, you know, Sunday worship, all of these. Well, we already had that before, but like so many things started yeah, that to was come solidified. in. In, uh, during the dark ages. Child ba- baptism. Baptism, infant baptism. Infant ba- baptism. So we go from, um, you know, uh, baptism by immersion of yes. an individual who's making their own choice to yeah. babies being baptized. And that sort of fitted in with that whole purgatory idea and, um, you know, uh, worship of images and just so many things came into the church. Amazing. And so it's interesting as we read in verse 23, you know, Jesus says that there's a time of judgment basically coming mm. and those who turn away from the safety that only he can provide mm-hmm. will meet an end. Mm. And it's interesting here it says that he is the one who searches the minds and hearts. In the King James, it says he's the one who searches the kidneys and hearts. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, because the kidneys were seen as like the seat of the emotions. Wow. And the heart was seen as the seat Go of the intelligence King James. or the will. The authorized version. I love it. Yeah. And it's kind of language. It's also reflective of a time of judgment. Mm. Now, I want to make this point because this is really powerful um, right here. And maybe I'll come back and say it. I'll come back to it. So verse 24. Would you read verse 24 sure. for us? Now to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden. And sorry, verse 25. And verse 25. But hold fast, there is our key word, or key words, but hold fast what you have till I come. All right. When when the Bible says now to the rest, I say in Thyatira, that's like another way of saying to the remnant. Mm. There is a remnant that is developing in this period, a, a mm-hmm. remnant people mm-hmm. who are being mm-hmm. faithful to Jesus, faithful to the Bible. We talked about the Waldensians running to the hills so that they could mm-hmm. worship God, you know. Uh, but this is the development of a remnant who have not known the depths of Satan. Why? Because they have known the deep things of God. Mm. They are they are. 
focusing their minds on Jesus. They're looking up. They're looking up indeed. <laughs> they are the original looking uppers. Yes. Amen. And and speaking of the rest, you know, yes. in Revelation twelve seventeen, speaking of God's end time remnant, I'm not sure if you're getting there, it speaks of, you know, those who um, are the rest. Yes. You know, the rest of her offspring. Oh, all right. Now you've just put it on the table. We have to deal with it because... In verse 23, it says, And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts. Mm. This is the only letter the to this. Yep, the only letter mm-hmm. that refers to all seven churches, mm-hmm. all the other churches. And there's this thing in um, literary writings. It's called a chiasm, yes. where the key point um, is to be found in the center yes. of the story. It kind of starts off, you know, it's like a bullseye. Like, like yes. I, I, I describe it like a bullseye target. Yep. You've got the circles round, 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 and the center is the bullseye. And so this is this is the bullseye church. It's the a bullseye fourth church. church. Now, that's, let's just prove it. Like there are similarities between Laodicea and Ephesus. Yes. There are also similarities between Smyrna and Philadelphia. They are because they're the two churches that there is no rebuke against them. That's right. Mm-hmm. Then there's Pergamos, the compromising church, which leads to a dead church of Sardis, mm-hmm. yes. which we're coming there next week. Yes. We have in the middle Thyatira. It's the mm-hmm. longest letter. What's the point? Here we go, here, here we go. We go. <laughs> this is exciting, very exciting. The point is... Here we go, here we go. Thanks, oh. y'all. <laughs> That's a good one. I love it. Shell has been waiting good. to do that. <laughs> so here's the point. In the time of ancient Jezebel, there was... God rose up Elijah. He raised mm-hmm. up Elijah. Elijah mm-hmm. steps into the pages of the Bible and he's, you know, like... He speaks with conviction. Mm-hmm, he stands mm-hmm. for God. He stands for truth. Indeed. Then in the time of spiritual Jezebel of the Dark Ages, this time of the, you know, the church of the Dark Ages, mm-hmm. did God have an Elijah? He did indeed. He did? It was the church of the, the wilderness. Yes. And for, Elijah spent time in the wilderness too. <laughs> for 1260 years. Yes. Now we come to what you just mentioned, Revelation twelve seventeen. how God is going to have a people Mm. At the end of time, he's going to, at the end of time, there's going to be another Jezebel. There's going to be another showdown. Another showdown. But there's also going to be an Elijah movement at Mm. the end of time. An Elijah message. An Elijah message. And that's a three angels messages. That's that Elijah message. And it's interesting because John the Baptist is another Elijah because Jesus said he has come in the spirit and power of Elijah. Yes. And so this Elijah message, if you take a look at be it, uh, be it Elijah, be it John the Baptist, be it the church in the wilderness, be it God's end time remnant church that we are living in right now on the eve of the coming of Jesus, they all have in common a time when each person needed to make a decision for or against Jesus under the most difficult of circumstances. Amen. So. John the Baptist was persecuted. Elijah was persecuted. The the Waldensians and many others down through the, the Dark Ages were persecuted. Right. God's end time people will be persecuted. And we get so, that from Revelation 13. We do. We do. So that common denominator of Satan attacking God's people for the last two, two and a half thousand years is all the way through Scripture. Oh, this is amazing. And um, it's powerful. And you know what? To this church, you just read, Jesus says, hold fast what you have till I come. Mm. And I just want to pause here and just reflect a little bit on how they were able to hold fast. 
Because in the very beginning, when Jesus introduced himself to this church, we noted that he introduces himself as the Son of God. Now, that's interesting. Like we said, it's the only time he uses this title in Revelation. But also, like in chapter 1, he's the Son of Man. Mm. When John saw him standing in the candlesticks, he was he saw one like the Son of Man. Yep. Here, he doesn't use that. He says he's, he's the Son of God. Mm. And I was thinking about this and thinking about those feet that are described here, his feet like fine brass. And when I was doing my concordance search, guess where it took me? It took me what? to Daniel. Oh, Daniel chapter that's true. 3. And there were four in the fire. Yeah. And the form of the fourth was like the Son of God. God. Yes, indeed. To a persecuted church, to people who want to stand for truth, who mm. want to follow Jesus, who will bear to the world uh, the message that Elijah bore, you know, pointing them back to Christ. Mm-hmm. There will be tough times ahead. Amen. Tough times mm. which will be like <laughs> a fiery furnace of mm. trial. But Peter talks about the fiery trials. Fiery trials. But the solution for that people, us today, in our being faithful to Jesus is to remember that the Son of God is with us. Mm. His feet have been in the fiery furnace Mm -hmm. and they will be with us. He goes Mm. with us into the furnace of affliction. Wow, that's very powerful. So the connecting point there with Daniel 3, which connects us to Revelation 13. Daniel 3, Revelation 13, they they are parallel chapters. True, true. I love it. So this story hasn't really finished yet. No. Like we are the final Elijah message uh, that's got to go to the world. But also just to reiterate, Sharissa, we've said this before, and I'm not sure if we've said it um, today, but these seven churches, they represent seven individual literal churches during the time of John. Yes. In the first century AD, they also represent, you know, seven time periods of Christian history from the day of John till our day, we're the seventh church. But we also are able to pull lessons out of every single one of those churches for all of Christian history. So all the Christians in the last 2000 years okay. can pull valuable lessons out of each and every church. Like and, but we especially have a whole bunch in this church because this really is, as you pointed out, that, that apex church where, where it all, where it all comes together, especially for those who are living in Laodicea at the yes. end of time. I really believe it because I, I almost think that God deliberately puts this as the middle church and mm. highlights it in the chiasm because it will be repeated. It's going to happen again. But, yeah, God will have a people Very that will hold fast to him. Amen. And I have a little quote. It's from a powerful book called The Desire of Ages, uh-huh. beautiful book. And here it says, speaking of Jesus, he will never abandon one for whom he has died unless his followers choose to leave him. He will hold them fast. Mm. So Jesus tells this church, hold fast what you have, you know, till I come. But at the same time, we hold fast to him, but we should never forget that he is the one who's holding fast Mm. to us. Those nail-scarred hands are holding fast. Never let us go. Amen. Very powerful. Well, another indication that this church is applying to us very much so at the end of time is in verse 26. It says, And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end. Mm. It's another clue. Mm -hmm. To him I will give power over the nations. And uh, then it quotes in verse 27, Ruling with a rod of iron and dashed to pieces like a potter's vessel. Again, just thinking about spiritual Jezebel and the time of the Dark Ages, the church then they certainly didn't feel like they had much power at all. No. But Jesus says the tables are going to turn. And, you know, you will 
receive power. <laughs> you know, you will have power over the nations. You might be the minority. You might be the ones that, you know, are on the outer right now because you're mm-hmm. not participating in the trade unions and the trade guilds mm-hmm. and the pressures that are and, coming. And, and, they're, and they're, being, they're being thrown out of their homes. They're being exiled. That's right. Um, but Jesus says, hold on, because something better is coming down the road. That's right. And... Uh, Verse 28, maybe we can probably finish on this. And I will give him the morning star. Mm. And verse 29. You've got to read verse 29. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's an appeal. It is. It's an appeal from Jesus. That morning star. Do you have anything you want to add on that? Well, Jesus Christ, he is the morning star. Um, We have that in Revelation somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. You remember where? No. I think it's in at the end of Revelation. Yeah, I think somewhere there at the end of Revelation. I remember reading that, yes. and um, yeah, Jesus Christ, He is the Morning Star, yes. and um, and we and really, you know, we, we think of we think of we think of the morning, um, you know, the first part of the day. We look forward to that. After the night comes the morning, and the star is there to illumine. You know, the night. And so we have Jesus Christ, you know, who is that perfect morning star that, Amen. you know, we look forward to, we long for that, and um, and he lights up our way. I love it. In the darkness. And he's coming at the darkest hour mm. of human history. At midnight, the at cry midnight. was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. That's Amen. that parable of the ten virgins. Yes. Amen. Indeed, indeed. Well. Anything else to share, Sharissa? I've. I think I've done my dash now. You've done your dash. This was pretty amazing. So, folk, I hope and pray that you've been blessed. We've come to the end of our Bible study, but it's not quite the end of our program. We want to tell you about next week, and we want to once again remind you of a couple of special programs that are online that are happening uh, right now and will be in the coming days. But in the meantime, sit back and listen to Graham Kendrick, May the Fragrance. of Jesus fill this place May the fragrance of Jesus fill this place Jesus, fill my heart.
hope you enjoyed that beautiful song. May the fragrance, may the fragrance of Jesus and His love uh, mm. be continually in our hearts and in our lives. And Paul, he speaks of being like fragrance. He does. You know, a sweet-smelling aroma for yes. the glory of God. Yep. And um, just like, uh, you know, you smell a woman or a, or a man, you know, who've got, <laughs> you know, fragrance and you're like, I guess it's better than smelling B.O. <laughs> but anyway, um, so, yeah, we praise the Lord for that great song. Now, Sharissa. That was a great Bible study. Crazy. Where are we going next week before we advertise a couple of programs We're that we've got going? We're traveling again. We are traveling again. We are traveling now to uh, the ancient city of Sardis. Uh-huh. We're going to talk about the letter to the church of Sardis. Mm. Sardis, yeah. Okay, so that's next week's, and that's church number five. So now we are well and truly in the downhill. We sure, sure. Oh, yeah. we've, we've reached the apex <laughs> yes. um, in the fourth church, so we're heading. So that's next week, folks, so make sure you join us. And just a reminder, if you've missed any of these sessions um, and you want to catch up, just simply go to the Faith FM website or download, better still, the app, the mm-hmm. Faith FM app. I have that on my phone, and I'm pretty hopeless with technology, but I could even download it. It's that easy. <laughs> it's a free app. And, um, and go to the podcast Yes. section and look for looking up look for two people that are looking up indeed in the literal <laughs> sense um not and symbolic no not symbolic <laughs> we are literally looking up in that little photo caption and um and click that and you'll have all the previous programs from when the first faith fm looking up program began last year with with my mate Watsy, our mate Watsy, who's in Tasmania now, locked up. He's not leaving <laughs> Tasmania. He'll never leave Tasmania. So um, they're not letting him out. They're not letting anyone in, and that is it. Wow. So Tasmania is a closed-off state. No, hopefully it'll be open one of these days because it's a beautiful state. And if there's any listeners from Tasmania, you are blessed to live in an amazing part. I've lived in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. For six years, and Tasmania was very similar to New Zealand in a lot of the in a lot of the landscape, and just beautiful place, beautiful place. Anyway, all right, we've got a couple of programs, Sharissa. First, tell us we'll deal with death first before we deal with hope. We'll is death the end? Starts October eighteen at eight pm, mm-hmm. and it's all about you know what the Bible says about what happens when you die. Specifically, we're releasing it at this time because of Halloween, um, Halloween season. So if people want to Tune in, www.vn.digital. Fantastic. So it starts this coming Monday, the 18th, for two weeks, Monday to Friday. Now, I've got a program that I'm running also online where we're unpacking the center of the book of Revelation, which mm. is, you know, the three angels' messages. That's part of the Revelation 12, 13, and 14. Those three chapters make up the very heart. That's the bullseye of the book of Revelation. So I'm unpacking um, over 10 nights, um, once a week, every Tuesday night at 7.30, Australian Eastern Standard Time. I'm unpacking um, this final message of God's love to the world, which I've entitled Revelation of Hope. Wow. And so uh, Tuesday night, 7.30, I have a message that's followed by Q&A via Zoom. So all the details are at the website. So if you've got your pen handy there, it's www.discoverhope.info. That's discoverhope.info. All the details are there. You can register. Uh, there's um, previous, um, I started last night, so you'll have the, the previous message. And last week I did a three-part series on the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you'll, you'll find that really helpful and really interesting on your journey. Amen. 
So, Sharissa, um, are you able to have a prayer for us before I say goodbye? Sure. Let's pray. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for this letter to Thyatira, which we see has things for us too. We pray that you would help each one of us to mm, hold okay. fast to Jesus, to look to him, because we know he's coming soon. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Folk, thank you so much for joining us. We have been blessed to have your company. So until next time, remember, fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith looks up. God bless you and see you next week. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is always there for